Welcome, dear listener, to the 12 Days of Crumbie. Today's Christmas film is Miracle on 34th Street. Wassail and welcome to you, dear listener, uh, to our Christmas-themed run of films. I am Hugh. I can speak French. It doesn't make me Joan of Arc. (laughs) And my name is uh, Dr. James Evans, Esquire. Your Honour, the state of New York concedes the existence of Santa Claus. Excellent. For indeed, we are behind, let's peel back the advent calendar behind this. We are looking at a miracle on 34th Street, brackets the old one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could say the good one. You could say the original one. The re- Yeah, the original one. Yeah. 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 So this was, so we're going to jump into it. So uh, quick recap, as we always do. Uh, We've all this, seen this, haven't we? Come on. We, we, we all know the story. So uh, it's, uh, it's it was, it was made in 1947, was it? 1947 was released. 1947, yeah. Um. And uh, it's again, it's it's New York and uh, a, a kindly gentleman with a big white beard. Uh, Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle. <laughs> in Vegas, is very onto the Macy Parade as uh, yeah. when they when their Santa Claus is taken drunk. Uh, and uh, Maureen O'Hara is the uh, the organizer who goes, hey, go on, be Santa Claus. He's a wonderful Santa Claus. He's so good. He gets the job as the Macy Santa. He, he starts look proving... like Santa Claus, doesn't he? Yes. That's... <laughs> who's playing him? Who's the, who's the actor playing? Ed, Edward Glenn. Edward Sorry, Glenn. Ed, Edmund Gwen. Not Edward, Edward Glenn. No, Edward Edmund Glenn. Gwen. Won an Oscar. Did he? For this? Yeah, for this, yeah. For this? <laughs> what? Yeah. For this. Okay. Best Supporting Actor of the t- 1947 Oscars. Wow, that's a miracle. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come on to this. <laughs> so, uh, Ed, Edward, Edmund Gwen uh, is Chris Kringle. Um, he's now the Macy's Santa. He's giving good advice about toys, even if they sit in their stores. Um, everyone's loving him. Mr. Macy's loving him. Um, and in fact, the only person that doesn't love him is what appears to be the Macy's on-call psychologist, who uh, who just doesn't like him and uh, and and says so. Tries to get him committed, but he's not having it. Um, and then when Chris Kringle leaps to the defense of a, of a young employee of uh, Macy's who's been, you know, fed horrible lies by the psychologist and bops him on the head. He, uh, he gets him uh, basically dragged away to be committed. It's quite sinister. These guys say, Chris, come into the car. And then he goes, where are you taking me? To the, you know, downtown. Yeah, to the uh, asylum. I know, he thought he was going to get whacked. Um, but... I know, yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> but then uh, luckily... Um... What's, what's uh, Maureen O'Hara's character's name? Doris. Doris, Doris Walker. Walker that's Doris it. Walker. We should point out Doris Walker, um, as you know, she has a young daughter. And Doris Walker is a very practical divorcee. She doesn't believe in um, telling kids things that aren't true. Mm. Uh, so she's told her there is no Santa Claus. She also um, doesn't believe in, in singing her to sleep or play acting deeply, <laughs> which is like... It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's like there's there's, there's one extreme. And there's also like, you know, yeah. just, just living a Mormon lifestyle. <laughs> well, I find that lying to your children is... is basically something i do every single moment that i'm awake <laughs> no. i mean how do you get through the day <laughs> yeah i'll be there in a minute no it's yeah. just, uh, it's just yeah. broken no they don't make that sweet anymore <laughs> yeah yeah no, i'm yes. afraid all, yes, the, all the channels are showing football right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
girl. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. her life must be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But luckily, she has a neighbour on the top uh, penthouse, Fred mm. Gailey, who's uh, who's uh, is enamoured of her, and also a lawyer. So he jumps to Chris Kringle's yeah. defence, uh, and basically they have a, a big trial, which ends up proving whether Chris Kringle is or is not Santa Claus. Um, and it all looks like it's going wrong until the the US Postal Service delivers a million letters to him. And since the Postal Service is a government service, that proves the government has recognized Chris Kringle as Santa Claus. Yeah, and one of the I mean the key thing is that the the um the Postal Service delivers the letters to the courthouse yeah. directly to Chris Kringle. It's a federal offense to deliver the letters to the wrong person. So clearly <laughs> that's evidence. Um and and so all is well. Uh then the uh as a but then of course Chris Kringle has been challenged by uh by young Susan Walker, um, who's this precocious girl who uh, who's been taught not to believe. Played she by says, Natalie Wood. Who's Natalie Wood? Natalie Wood was the. What do you mean? Who's Natalie Wood? Natalie I think, Wood... That, I think that's quite clear. I'm asking. <laughs> <who> Natalie, <laughs> Wood. Natalie Wood. We lost. We um, long-time yeah. listeners to um, Weekend at Cronbiz will know that we last saw Natalie Wood in The Searchers as the girl that was stolen from the household to be oh raised by the, the the Native Americans. Wow. Yeah. That's Natalie Wood. She, she's a long way from 34th Street. She, well, yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yes. Um, so, yes. Young Susan is very precocious and has set Chris Kringle a challenge uh, saying for Christmas she wants a house, which is <laughs> quite extreme. But a nice she, house. She's really asking for kind of a suburban life. She wants she, a garden yeah. to play in. And That's a dad it. And yeah. Kind of stuff. yeah. She wants and, a mummy uh, and a daddy, doesn't yeah. she? And and Chris Kringle has kind of managed to, to wangle it so that uh, he invites Fred and Doris back to a Christmas dinner at his house, but says you must take the specific road. And as they drive past, it's the house. And uh, mm, Sally it's leaps sale, out, isn't it? It's Sally leaps out and says, "Oh, Chris Kringle has delivered," because she believed that point. Thing was a, yeah. she said, "You know, I, I, you know, she was at first um, disappointed, saying he, you know, he couldn't deliver it for me, so it wasn't real." But then even Doris says, "No, you must have faith. You must believe." And so even Doris believes. And as Fred sees that now, Doris has has jumped on the. Uh, Kringle Santa Claus bandwagon he falls for her they they say they're going to buy the house so all is well um but as Fred has a because it turns out Fred who's been defending Santa Claus the whole movie uh has his little chuckle saying yeah I and convinced the, the court some batty old man was really Santa Claus yeah I must he be the that, best lawyer ever so he was uh, he didn't believe either um but then they see Chris Kringle's cane in the fireplace and they're like oh Oh. Maybe I'm not so good. And then it's Curtin. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fact that you said that Chris Kringle invited them to his house for a party. It was the asylum. <laughs> <laughs> That's never to talk about the North Pole. Those elves love it. <laughs> and with that, with that, the Ooh, curtain drops. That's like five on. minutes. What? There you what go, are we going to fill the rest of the time with? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See you for tomorrow, folks. <laughs> So with that whistle stop tour, we will uh, we'll take a, a, a quick break, uh, refill our. I know that we wine. need one, do we? <laughs> do we need one? <laughs> yeah, we do. Come on, we do. I we need do. to top my sherry up. I need to use all the jingles present. all the time, or my yeah. OCD will just fly off the handle. So <laughs> get yourself a mulled wine, settle down. You've given the recap. We're now going to stretch out beneath the fire, hang up our stockings, and you know, really get into it. Welcome back, dear listener. Uh, we hope you've brought your 50 sacks of mail with you. Uh, for we have a lot of getting through this. So we, we had a quick run through, but let's get into it. Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, um, very, yeah. very popular film, wasn't it? Very successful. Very successful, very popular. I'm, I've released a notch on my belt as well. Um, <laughs> just partaking of some, some ch- chicken. Um, <laughs> is, uh, you know. are you trying to sound festive now? I think you're saying yeah. yes, pies. No chicken will do. Just eating chicken. <laughs> I'm just eating chicken. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm eating it in a. 
I don't know, with a, um, uh, oh, I don't know, a, a hat, Christmas hat on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just, look, this won't be part of the recording, but I can't think of anything Christmassy to say because it's <laughs> September. <laughs> I, just, I can't think, I can't even, what are those things called that you put on your head? They're hats from crackers, pay, aren't pay they? Back, what are they? Pay pay hats. Yeah, that'll do. I can't think, why can't I think of it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Miracle on, on 34th Street is, I mean, it's a classic, isn't it? I was slightly, um, I was slightly perturbed, you by <laughs> your, I was slightly perturbed by your, um, your, agogness if that's a word of the fact is, that um edmund gwen won an academy award for best supporting actor in his role as chris kringle yeah yeah um i was so should we, should we before we get into that uh, let's talk about the things about the movie that we liked oh, that's <laughs> you telling me off <laughs> well you, you're gonna make me jump in with my hobnail boots on this classic <laughs> beloved film and i'm, I'm always you know, saying nice things about it beforehand Soft oh okay right okay well um I shall, I, shall I start? Go on then. No, so I tell you what I liked about the film a lot. Um, and now I've seen Miracle on 34th Street a fair few times, yeah. but not for a long time. I think I think with a lot of Christmas films of this era, you you don't really engage with them when you're a child because I don't know they seem a bit out. They're out of time, aren't they? They're just yeah. a bit weird. The acting's a bit odd. It's just not modern acting, is it? All of it's a bit stilted. So you can't really get with it. Yeah. Then when you get a bit older, you realise, oh yeah, okay, I get why that's a classic. But then you forget it again. But when you when you for me when I start when you have children and then you get a bit older and you can kind of see what it's trying to do, I just, I really started to engage with it as well. But I, for me. I, f- I found this quite a clever story, <laughs> more more than more than perhaps I have done in the past, and it, I think it's because I I like a good I like a good court drama, <laughs> I like I do, and it it covers quite a good intellectual kind of approach to this, and there's there's almost nothing in the film like so so um, Chris Kringle never really gives he doesn't he doesn't really give anything away that means he could genuinely be Santa Claus apart from the very end when you've got the his cane in in, in yeah. the house perhaps but even that's a little bit you're not quite up, sure yeah. yeah exactly so I quite like the fact that at no point does the does the story kind of lose its logical coherence I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that the story isn't fanciful yeah. or fantastical but it's more a, whimsical isn't it yes yeah exactly but there's a logical consistency to it which is chris kringle believes that he's santa claus yeah. and so therefore the things that he does and the ways that he behaves are in tune with how santa claus might behave in that particular context and he never diverges from it he also never gives any indication that he isn't santa claus or yeah. even any evidence in the film that he is He's yeah. just an old man who looks like Santa Claus. So I quite like the fact that in the end, the state of New York concedes the existence of Santa Claus and he's proven to be Santa Claus, not through anything magical, but through legislature. <laughs> so, and I, I think that's really clever. OK, that's a, that's a nice take on it. I, yeah, because I had always watched both films on the assumption um, that it was Santa Claus. I never, I never thought that the entire thing is obviously based on belief. Um, yes, it's on he, faith. There, there isn't is, there some is, really good statements about faith in it and belief, isn't there? Yeah, he never he never once yeah, kind of yeah touches his nose and spews up the chimney. He, no, he doesn't. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He lives. I mean, what is he? He's he's called Chris Kringle. He lives in, but he lives in a in Brooklyn or something, doesn't he? Yeah. I can't remember he, exactly. He believes where it is. in being nice. And, yeah, and kind. Yeah. 
nice and tight and, and acts accordingly. Yeah. And, you know, he, he might be insane in the sense <laughs> that he, he, he seems to think that he's Santa Claus. Yeah. Right. But, that, you know, um, that doesn't make the movie. In fact, that makes the movie more interesting because <laughs> in the end, you're, not, you're never sure. And yet he's done all this good stuff. Yeah. And he might just be a, an insane man. <laughs> There's no proof that he's Santa Claus other than something something through legislature, something through a weird point of law. Yeah. And I, I think that, to me, honestly, I think that is an excellent way to approach the film. If you're not really into all that whimsy, I guess, really, wow. too That's much. Very good. That's very good. Mm. OK. Uh, for my broad take on it, I, there's two things here. One, I I couldn't help see this, but with an eye on the remake in the 90s. Um, I've not seen it. You've not seen the remake no, in the 90s? I've not seen the remake. No, I haven't. Wow. What's the okay. point? What's the What's point? What's the point? OK. Uh, <laughs> I found the remake in the 90s to be a far superior film. Ah, really? Uh, OK. Absolutely far superior because... Um, I won't go on too much about it because if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend you yeah. watch it. I think Richard Attenborough is, which is why I was surprised, is a far better Chris Kringle. He's a, a genuinely sort of twinkly, uh, jovial, almost mischievous old man um, who, who when he's you know when he's up and he's down, when he's he's, he's generally crushed when he has to hit someone with his cane mm. and he thinks he's done terrible things. He's you know, he's charming in the court. He's actually he's an active participant in the trial and all this kind of stuff. And and there's just there's a I thought Richard Attenborough, it's one of his best performances because there's a genuine magic in how he in how he portrays himself. And even the little things like, um, you know, they're saying, you know, would you come over for supper tonight on Christmas Eve? He goes, tonight? I'll be rather busy tonight. <laughs> yeah, but, but Chris Kringle in the 1947 version does that as well. I thought he played it kind of flat. I, I think, I mean, it's because maybe, he's insane. It's the, it's the style of thing. But I think that the whole <laughs> thing is, the whole thing is kind of flat for me. Um, and I mean, again, this is... Um, this is uh, probably a bad example as well, is that uh, there's a scene in this film when he talks to the Dutch girl and it's really charming. Um, I, I will say you can tell it's a 1947 film because this Dutch girl is actually this tiny little girl. is actually up saying um, she's an orphan. We've adopted her. She comes from Europe. Let's say no more about that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's true, isn't it? There's yeah. only one reason there's an orphan girl coming from Europe in 1947. <laughs> you to explain it, do you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they... Uh, but then he, but it's like, and she, you know, she, she insists you, you really are, you know, um, Santa Claus. Um, but you know, but you know, she, you know, she can't speak English. And then he drops into this fluent Dutch. Yeah, it's really good. Stuff. I found that incredibly touching. It is, but you know what's even better is in the nineteen ninety four version when um, a deaf child comes up to to Richard Attenborough. And I just sign language. Fluent sign language. Oh, it's too. That's too much. No, because because this is evidence. Santa Claus knows sign language. Like anyone can learn Dutch. You just have a Dutch. Anyone relative. can learn sign language. What are you talking about? No, as in like I know, uh, not even close. Anyone can know another language, but mm. to learn sign language when you don't need to learn sign language is a mark of true compassion, and that's why oh. Santa Claus <laughs> does sign language. No, it's code. I tell you why because it was in that movie, and it was in another movie with um. Yeah, Anna Kendrick was uh, in a Santa Claus movie where she became Santa Claus, and there's a scene where she does sign language to another deaf child, and it's clearly that's the code now. It's not enough to know a different language. If mm. you can American sign language to a child, you're Santa. That's the thing. So, but you know, that I can I can do sign language. You can. I don't have a deaf child. <laughs> Is this a sign language involved two fingers that you're holding with the microphone? Uh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> You got me. It's a very selective sign language, but sign language. Yeah, OK. Um, I, fair I, I, enough. I, I, I'm not yes, sure that I'm convinced that by that argument, I have yeah, to say. No, but... Fair enough. Um, but I was, uh, here's, here's, those, that's just the decorations. This is mm. the, this is the tree behind it all. <laughs> OK. 
this miracle on 34th street is on one hand as you say quite quite um quite quite magical quite quite um whimsical yeah. But it was also quite cynical. Everyone is acting from very cynical motives. It's like the judge mm. is is driven from the fact yeah. that he doesn't want to lose re-election because he's um because he's he he'll, he he says there's no Santa Claus. Mm. Macy, who's employing it, doesn't want to be in the papers saying he's like um mm. even even the thing that saves the day, the Deus Ex Machina of the post office delivering all the letters, happens because the post office goes, oh, let's get rid of all the letters. It'd be great to get rid of them. Yeah. It's not what I, post- I love that. No, it would be like the postal worker saying, "Let's help this guy out." No, there's a hard nosedness to it. I like the because this is this is. I I just think it. I was unexpectedly, pleasantly surprised by how cynical everyone was in the film. Like and yet, Fred doesn't uh, believe it. Nobody well, believes. No, whereas, core, whereas, yeah, but at yeah. the core, at the core is Chris Kringle, who absolutely fundamentally does believe the dichotomy between everyone around him yeah even fred in the end and chris kringle's absolute conviction that he is santa claus makes that worthwhile if everyone around them is also whimsical and starry-eyed and nose twinkly and all that kind of stuff that's not that they're taking cocaine but you know what i mean (laughs) then then yeah obviously everyone's going to believe that he's santa claus i mean what what what, what's the point now i've not seen the i've not seen the remake so i can't i can't judge for myself as it were but but the, the the harsher the circumstances that Chris Kringle is trying to change, yep. the more I can believe in Chris Kringle. Okay, that's good. Okay, fair enough. But I'll um, I will say, actually, the one thing that got cut from the modern movie mm. that is in this movie and is the one thing I really like about this movie, and that's his relationship with Alfred, who's the uh, the, yes. the, the, the the cleaner. He's like a seventeen-year-old sweeper. Absolutely, in, in really Macy's. good, isn't it? Yeah, and he and he's basically genuinely saying. Um, you know, I I I dress up as Santa Claus for 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 my own. See, I yeah. really like doing it. And Chris yeah. Chris engages and saying, "Oh, what, why do you like impersonating me?" He goes, "Oh, it makes me feel good." And in fact, it's the the psych the 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 the, the faux psychologist of Macy's who basically digs into Alfred's mind and yeah. says, "Oh, you you must feel guilty. You must hate your dad. You must be having some terrible thoughts." And yeah. and that's what causes Chris to grab <laughs> basically assault him because yeah. he, try, he tries he to confront him on the head with his he, cane. He, doesn't he? he talks to him and then he said, "Not get anywhere." So he like he get revs him. him. Then, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a moment of madness. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna hit you then. <laughs> he yeah. croaks him on the head. Well, he is slimy, isn't he? He's Granville yeah. Sawyer, played by But I, I did like the relationship with Alfred, and I thought that actually was, to me, that was sort of a, a truer vein than the relationship with Fred, who clearly is just a bit cynical. Mm. Um, we'll come back to Fred. Um, again, Doris, and and with the best um, thing to Natalie Wood, she's not as isn't as twinkly as the uh, the girl who played Matilda in there. In... <laughs> oh no, I suppose fair enough. <laughs> but I think that's a stylized Christmas. thing. It's a stylized yeah. thing. For, you know. Acting in the 40s is different to acting in the 90s. Put a pin in this because this is interesting too. This is why you've got to watch the modern version. Even oh, well, if you hate I will it. have to. Yeah, watch, well, it because, watch it because the 90s one is very, very conscious of the 40s one to the extent that even though it's set in the modern day, um, to the, the, the toys and modern, they talk about having barf guns, they throw in a barf for free um, and this kind of stuff. <laughs> Everyone is dressed in a very stylistic way, like yeah, from the okay. 40s. And even some of the people are talking like they think they're in a 40s movie. And this is what I was listening out for. And in the 90s movie, they're talking so much more 
in a 40s movie than the people in the actual 40s movie. Oh, really? It's like when we talked about the cowboy <laughs> movies, that, that yeah, they, when you try and replicate yeah. it, you're doing a similar and you're, you're more real than you are. There's yeah. a hilarious scene with Alice and Janie where she's almost like a Trep Hepburn and Tracy movie. She goes, I'm coming back to, to Coles for everything but toilet paper and bananas. <laughs> and it's like, that wasn't like, they, they weren't remotely talking like that in this no, film. They, they, were, they were just saying, hello, I'd like to buy some toys. Thank yeah. you, I'll save you some toys. Oh, it's the, yeah, it's that scene, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's, it was it's hilarious to see because it's it's like we're, we're going to set it in the modern or the 90s but with a 40s spin and they really just overspun the 40s whereas people in the 40s thought we're just doing a movie and it's set in the 40s because yeah. it's the 40s it's odd that isn't it if you if you think that if you think that they're looking back in the more modern one to the to the kind of the ticks and the cues yeah. of people's behavior yeah. but then from what from what you're describing the sentiment in the new one feels very different to the it's sentiment in this one far and, far cuddlier uh, maybe, yeah, it's, and... maybe it's the 90s thing because it was it was it's, the new one it's like a big hug and this one maybe you're right is more like a whimsical tale well uh, yeah but you, I, I don't i don't know whether this is true or not but you, you might expect that to be the other way around mightn't you you might expect the the 40s version to be much more simple i'm not saying yeah. the late one is simple but more simple more um straightforward where, and the and the later one to be more cynical and and put a different slant on it but actually i think i think I think this version, the early version, is a very, it's quite a complex, um, it, it presents quite a complex landscape. I mean, in the end, it's a children's film, right? So it doesn't present it massively complex. Well, maybe it isn't a children's film. But I don't think it can be a children's no, film. No, maybe it isn't a children's film. Back, because, you're right. A kid would you're ask, right. why is everyone saying he's not real? Clearly he's real. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, right, you're right, you're right. You're yeah, right. That's, that's a good point, actually. So you're right, it isn't a children's film, but it does present what is quite a complex view in not a particularly complex way, if that makes sense. Yeah, you, can yeah. you can still adhere to it. Whereas the later one, I think it's, what it sounds like is it's, it's relatively straightforward. It's relatively yeah. simple. Possibly, but they, they do also get into the point of belief, and mm. um, and I know to be honest, um, Doris and Fred's relationship is a lot less creepy in the modern. One. <laughs> it's very creepy. I mean, that is. I mean, Ooh. it's a sign of the times as well, isn't it? I guess really because it, there are there are some things about um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street that don't really ring comfortably in in within with with a modern kind of eye so yeah. uh, you know when... so doris is divorced and living alone with her with her housemate and with um with susan yeah. and fred is her next door neighbor and the first time we introduced yes. to it yes. is is when uh, doris comes home having organized the macy's day parade and uh the housekeeper goes oh yeah uh susan's susan with your neighbor fred watching the parade hope you don't yeah. mind it's like, what? Yeah, it's like well, yes of course i mind <laughs> who's fred so, yeah, they said they said they went to the zoo yesterday. He took him to the zoo yesterday. It's like what? Yeah. And yeah. then after they've, they've and, and on one hand you could think you know well he's got the good window. They're neighbours. Mm. That's fine. They can see the girl. So it's all it's all very you know supervised. But then after that, Fred goes, yeah, I like I like Susan, but you know I'm only being nice to her so I can get to know the mother. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. He says, yeah, that's what he says. And you think, yeah. oh, blimey, come on. Uh, yeah. What? So they, they, I mean that's a slightly odd thing. It's a bit cringy, you know. It's just a bit cringy, and I bet there's none of that in the in the '90s version. Yeah. I, also, I also like the idea that um, Doris's colleague, uh, um, who's the, who's a colleague, uh, Granville. Um, yeah, yeah, that's who's, right. Who's basically yeah. saying, yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, not Granville. Um, Julian. Who is it? It's Charlie Halloran. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. He plays. Oh no, it isn't Julian Shellhammer. Sorry, Julian Shellhammer. Yeah, the, Julian the Shellhammer. He's basically saying because he originally was going to take Chris Kringle in before Fred stepped yeah. up, and yeah. he's like saying, "Oh well, um, 
I'll just give Mrs. Shellhammer a triple martini and then she'll be <laughs> she'll be more amenable. <laughs> and the whole thing's about there's an entire thing about really, you know, chemically control my wife to get her to do what I want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but she's absolutely off her face, isn't she? Yeah, she's yeah, like, she'll no, say, she'll say yes to anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Shellhammer. Yeah. But um yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. Again, I I tell you what, what what again, I was probably I yeah, I think it just didn't make me feel Christmassy. I think it was, I think it was, I'm surprised it was as popular because it's compared to as some of the other movies we've watched. It's not as, it's not like, it doesn't get that warm Christmas embrace. It's more like, this is an interesting idea. Yeah. Because actually, so, yeah. it was released in it's, June. It's, it's conceptual, it's just, isn't it? It's conceptual. It's, yeah. Because the, the fact yeah. that they put it on trial, because it's like, um, yeah. there, were, there was like this, you know, uh, this email meme years ago when it says like, you know, this is, it actually calculated this is how heavy every gift would have to be to fit in Santa's sleigh. This is how fast Santa would have to go <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. It was like, let, let's break down the science. And yeah, it's almost yeah. like breaking down the science. If someone yeah. did come and claim to be Chris Kringle, how would the law address this? And yeah, they... But this is but this is 47, you know, you're 46 when it was released. I yeah, guess you yeah. wouldn't. Ex- I just don't think you'd expect that. Oh, and this is going to sound patronizing, but there is a there is an intellectual heft to this film, yeah. which does to a certain extent make me think it might not be a christmas film <laughs> it, it's a conceptual films uh, about faith and identity set at christmas and and the, the 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 one of the main characters in that context seems to be believing that they're santa claus and everyone else has to either believe them or not believe them it was quite i just found it very engaging as an idea you're right though Maybe it isn't the most huggable film ever. Yeah. It certainly isn't the warmest. It doesn't make me feel overly Christmassy. But I was thoroughly engaged with the idea of the film. Okay, maybe it was like yeah, if if he thought he was I don't know King Arthur and it would have yeah. and then they had an intellectual despair with that. It wouldn't. You wouldn't think it wouldn't mean as much though. Would exactly. It? It, it wouldn't connect as much because like who cares. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe the thing is like you know if if they, the thing they couldn't go someone back and said they were the second coming of Jesus and they had a big debate yeah, around that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you know, and it, I mean to a certain extent that's what they're touching upon in this, aren't they? Right, because it, he and Chris Kringle talks a lot about faith. Faith isn't about understanding; it's about taking a leap, isn't it? And yeah. that's what sort of religious faith is about to a certain extent, you know. Um, so there's a lot there's there's a lot of that I think there's a lot of subcontext in the film which may maybe isn't really there but I think if you're open to it yeah you can read it that way I um I also liked um you were talking about the um uh the the who's the Alfred yeah who yeah, who Alfred. who um Chris Kringle kind of befriends as it were so I I agree with you I really I thought that character relationship was really really well done yeah. and um it, it, i mean there are certain things in it that that really appeal to me as well so he's got a, he has a really good line when they first meet in the locker room at macy's where he says that there's a load of bad isms floating around this world but one of the worst is commercialism make a yeah. buck make a buck make a buck and which is quite it, strong given it's three years <laughs> since they defeated fascism and nazism is. and communism well, this, is around well you're right there's two things on that yeah the first thing is is that when he was about to say bad isms i thought he was going to say communism yeah. but he didn't obviously he's not going to say that but you know in my head i'm thinking yeah. does he mean communism actually is that what it is but no he's talking about commercialism and secondly it's set in May Macy's, hmm. right? Which is, which was at the time, the biggest department store in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, and and part of the, I mean, I know that this is cynical again because part of the 
part of the outcome of this is that Macy's decide to go on an advertising binge by recommending gimbals the other um yeah. department store where people can get it and it helps them and all that kind of stuff but i don't know there's just there's uh, uh, even that there's a there's a cynicism to it in the sense that the film is saying have belief let your guard down a little bit don't just think about you know the, the bad isms commercialism but at the same time everything that's happening is reinforcing that a little bit you know maces are using that context to yeah. To generate there's more a, there's sales. There's a great scene here when Mr. Macy is is digesting what Santa said, which is recommending because yeah. Santa's telling people to go buy their their toys anywhere to get the cheapest price because mm. the most important thing is the kids are happy because as long as, as long as the kids get their toy, who cares where it comes from? It's not important, is it? And Macy's like he's pondering it over, thinking people will remember us as a as a helpful store, a friendly yeah. store, and yeah. I wanted the last line to be, and then we'll soak them in the January sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what he's thinking. It's, it's like, exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> we'll get him on the hook at Christmas. Yeah. We'll get him for the whole year. So in, in some res, in some regard... Yeah, Macy's wasn't used. It was a fictional it, store was given the... Um, Coles, the wasn't it? In the, Coles. Um, yeah, because... Yeah, well, Macy's, I think, said... Uh, they didn't give their name to it, did they? Because they said there's there's no reason because the original can't be improved. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so that's fair enough. Are you put um, Macy's in your corner now when you come to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but um, this, this, so yeah, but it, it is an interesting take because yeah, um, the like I say, there's a lot of cynical motives, and a lot of it is to do with money. Um, oh yeah, it is absolutely well, money, money and power to a certain extent as well, isn't it? Because you've got the judge, um, who who is trying to keep hold of power yeah. by you know not not wanting to say that um, Chris Kringle isn't Santa Claus because it'd be terrible for his votes. You don't want to be the person that said that Santa Claus doesn't exist. You've got Fred Gailey who is exerting some kind of creepy power over Doris Walker <laughs> by by ingratiating himself with her daughter and kind of muscling in. I mean, it all works out all right in the end, but, you know, it, in if this was the perfect film, yeah. he, he'd have probably been a serial killer or something. <laughs> Killed <laughs> them all. I was, I was kind of disappointed. I know it was 47, but I was disappointed with Doris Walker. Again, Marina Hara was very good, but yeah. the character of Doris Walker, you know, we start off with the Macy's parade and she's already yeah. a bit of a fluster anyway, like yeah. you know, there's so much happening. Whereas I thought, wouldn't it have been a great character moment if like you know, she's going, okay, two extra dwarves go on that parade. You you, you elves go over there. I want an angel over here. And she's actually organizing it. And then when it comes, when they think they have to fire Chris Kringle because they're not fresh, she's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't bear to do it. And it's just yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, not very boss yeah, girl. No, not at all, actually. And and But despite that, she is a divorcee, um, which is, very, which are, which is yeah. very unusual at the time. In fact, the film was, um, it was, oh, let me have a think about this. There was, um, it was given, uh, yeah, the, the, this is it, the Catholic Legion of Decency gave the movie um, a, a B rating for mor morally objectionable in part because it portrayed a divorced woman in the film with a with a child. Um, yeah. I mean, times changed, didn't they? But I mean, you know, it's, and it's strange because for a couple of reasons. One is um, without too fine a point on it. It was post-war. So he could have just been killed as a soldier. Maybe they didn't want to bring yeah, up that. Know, do you? Maybe they well, didn't want to bring up the idea that you know a Fred Gailey was muscling on a, on a widow, a soldier's yeah, widow, and that'd yeah. be a bad vibe, rather than divorcee. But also the father is out of the picture. Like she, she just says, "I, you know, it's me there, and Susan." He? So he is yeah. gone, gone. Yeah, um, and gone I don't know if they, I don't know if they brought it into the fact that maybe that's why she has a hard line on, on raising Susan. But the other thing is, you know, Fred brings in Susan to visit Santa Claus or whatever, um, in the when he's at the department Santa Claus, and like. Doris makes a fairly feeble, but nonetheless very valid point, saying, "Please respect my wishes to raise my daughter as I see fit." 
Uh, and it's like, yeah, even though it's about belief and we all want Susan to believe in Santa, it's like Doris has a point. She's she's entitled oh, she to raise Susan does, as yeah. she wants to. And the e- fact that even Fred... if it is borderline child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, um... yeah, I agree with you. I mean, to, I mean, the the way that the way that Doris raises um, Susan, that's a little bit insane, isn't it? She, she's not, she, she, you know, she's a few bristles short of a brush. I think <laughs> <laughs> there was going, there was something going on with all of them, to be honest. But yeah, I I, I do agree with you. She, she's in principle, on paper, you could argue that she's portrayed as this strong, independent woman who is a successful businesswoman who, um, you know, raises a child by herself, is confident enough, she's got a divorce, etc. But the reality of the way that it's she's portrayed in the film is one of, I don't know, it's a bit disappointing yeah. in the end. And it's Marino Harris. You know, yeah, exactly. Come on. Yeah, it's a... come on. But um, what else is there? So, yeah, um, actually, I will say <laughs> this also dates it, is that you're right. It's a wonderful relationship between Chris Kringle and Alfred. Although when Alfred is saying, you know, the psychologist is telling me I must be guilty. Chris is like, he's kind. He goes, you're 17. I doubt you're very guilty about anything apart from overeating. It's like, yeah, because yeah, like, he is a Alfred, bit tubby, isn't he? Alfred goes, he's a little, yeah, he's a, well, he's a little bit tubby. He's not actually. No, he isn't. He's about, also, I mean, to be honest, if I, if, I, if I weighed the same as Alfred, I'd have had a good week. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but also it's like chris shut up yeah yeah um, but I, actually i will i will recount my my incredulity that edwin edmund gwen won uh won the oscar i mean he, it's a good santa claus it's not it's not a richard attenborough santa claus but it's a good santa claus you you and he plays it down he plays it straight as an arrow which is he does uh, he plays it straight and as straight as an arrow and um i also like the fact that in the courtroom scenes he is quite a passive character because i I quite like that because in in some respects he he doesn't need to persuade i mean he does because he doesn't he wants to get out of the asylum i guess really but it that isn't his primary objective it's everyone else's primary objective to prove that he isn't santa claus he just believes he is so <laughs> you know, let everyone I, because whenever, whenever he's, you know, when he's in the when he's in the dock, and they're asking him questions, he's like, "Well, I am Santa Claus. Well, yeah. I, I am." There's there's no there's no barnstorming big, you know, it's not Jack Nicholson, is it? You know, he's, he's, he's not doing. You, you can't you, handle you, the Santa. Yeah, it's none of that. He's just saying, oh, "What do you mean? I, I, yes, I am Santa Claus. Well, I'm here. I'm Santa Claus. Yeah, I, yes, I am." He's, he's never rattled um, by yeah, anyone no. saying he's not. He's never. No. Like, he never doubts himself. It's just like, yeah, what well, I, I am. Yeah, yeah you, you must be <laughs> mistaken. Yeah, and it infuriates everybody else. So yeah, I quite like. I quite like that. Um, what was I going to say? He's. Uh... Oh, was it? No, I, I lost my thread. I um. No, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, a, a couple of other things that are interesting about the film, I think, it's the first film to have been colorized. Oh, really? Yeah, in the mid eighties, uh, it took took five months to colorize it. Wow. It's the very first film to be colorized. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to colorize black and white films. To be honest, I mean, just let them be. <laughs> I sort of actually, there's, there's a great line in Gremlins too. Um, when the uh, the odious clamp company is like doing all these yeah. cable shows and they're advertising Casablanca now in colour and with a happier ending. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly it, isn't it? Yeah. Just you know, leave it be. It yeah. is what it is. It is what it is. Um, or make so, a yeah. new one. 
Yeah, we'll make a new one if you're going to make a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but, um, what do we think? We, uh, we're gonna well, give it well, just one other thing as well. There's uh, one of the minor characters, Peter's mother in the film, you know, the, the woman who um, is trying to find the toy that she can't find. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, um, she's played by uh, Thelma Ritter. Um, who is in one of my favourite films of all time, um, Rear Window. Um, She's in Rear Window, and she holds the record for the most Academy Award nominations without winning. (laughs) Oh, no, she's the Susan Lucci. Six. (laughs) Yeah, she's a fantastic actress. I love her. So there we go. I actually clock her when she was there, when she was like... She's not got a big role, but it's a a memorable role. Because after we think Santa sold down the river about the toys, she goes, Mummy wants to thank Santa too. (laughs) Well, she's she's incredulous, isn't she? She doesn't believe... The, he's well, she, 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 yeah, she's like Santa. I want a fire truck. She goes, Santa. Like, I can't get a fire truck anywhere. So he goes, Of course you can have a fire truck. <laughs> yeah. He's like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's one at Gimbal's. Yeah. What? Very I'm good. coming back here for everything but bananas and toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Very good. Should okay. we do? Should we give a scores on the door? We're gonna give a scores. We're gonna give it. I think. Should we give it the the, the ratings or should we give it a festivity rating? Oh, let's give it. A, oh, blimey. Yeah, how festive is this movie? Because a lot of the movies we picked out are inherently good movies, and us rating them will get us nowhere. I suppose that's that's right. You you want to rate what? it for the spreadsheet, don't you? I do. <laughs> I'm going to have to rate. I've got some spreadsheets to uphold. Well, what don't we do both? We can rate it in terms of what we think of the film and how festive it is. Okay, let's do it. We've also now but, given away to our but, audience which which one was recorded first, because clearly us discussing how to oh, do yeah, it. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh no. <laughs> Do you just cut that out and start again? Might do, might do. Well, well, hang on. How? What? What is the rating for festivity? You can't just dump that on me. I've got to think about it. Is it's, it like one to five? Number of Christmas puddings out of five. Oh, I like it. Five being very festive. One. So being... it's not quality though. That's the thing. It's festive. Not quite. It's just how festive did you feel? But it's September. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything would be one. <laughs> that's the problem. I wake watch, up the next could... morning thinking it was Christmas. As I may have done. I could probably watch Schindler's List on Christmas Eve and, and give it a five. <laughs> it does have snow. <laughs> there you go. It, it has ash. It has ash. Oh, oh God. That's not... Don't kill all this. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> Right. Right. Got editing to do. Right. Okay. Right. So, so we're gonna do festivity, not quality. We can do both. Let's do both. Come on. Let's, let's do, do both. both. Okay, so we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and we have two scores, as always. Mm. We're gonna give it a, a quality rating of our, our, our floating disincrombied floating disembodied <laughs> disincrombied. <laughs> Sorry, I have been on the sherry already. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, but you, was it, you gotta keep out the cold. <laughs> Uh, we'll disembodied crumbie heads and then we'll be given a festivity rating out of Christmas Ooh. pudding. So join us then. <laughs> Welcome back. I, of course, have not been on the sherry. I've just had a no. mid tea uh, to keep out the cold. But indeed, uh, indeed. without further ado, we're going to give it the scores. Let's give it a, a, a rating score, our usual rating yep. of disembodied crumbie heads. Should I go you first? Go first. You I go first because yeah. yeah. I'm I'm clearly gonna put the boot in. It's a three. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's a three. 
I I was not terribly gripped in it. I mean, it, I would say it's you know it's the age of the movie, but I've seen contemporaries that I've enjoyed a lot more. So it didn't have to be this flat. And frankly, there's you know there are one or two characters you can get on board with, and there are a lot of characters you just think oh, I'm not sure about this. So, <laughs> the, I mean, yeah, uh, Chris Kringle, good. A couple of the supporting characters, good. Some good lines in it, but on the whole, it's it's no more than mid for me. Well, I mean. Fair enough. I'm going to give it a four. Four disembodied crombie heads on the basis that I in, I just was thoroughly engaged by the story. I really enjoyed the, um, the I really enjoyed the cynicism of it, and it just it, didn't, it was unusual. Um, and it's probably the first time that I've watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and really engaged with that intellectual heft of the film. Um, and it surprised me a little bit. I have historically given this three. Uh, not disembodied crombie heads, I should add, but just three out of five. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna up it to a four. I enjoyed it. This, this, this watch was good. Very good. When you say historically, just like go randomly marking films, or you've just been telling other people. <laughs> like, is there no, another so, podcast I don't know about? <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, I don't. Well, I don't know about you, but um, I, I tend to like note everything down. So from years and years ago, I will have put. You know, I've got not. They might not be spreadsheets, but I've got like notepads of like films that i've watched with scores that i've given them well the it's ma- you know. yeah and there's definitely something going on there that sounds perfectly normal um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know notebooks from when i was in my teens like and i've put a film down and i've given it a score out of five because why why do you, why watch a film otherwise if you can't i used to keep it? scrapbooks of ticket stubs actually and then well there we go it's that kind of thing and I'd, right? rate, yeah. I'd rate the, the ticket stubs yeah. on the films as i said fair enough then i'm what, I've... why do anything if you can't rate it Absolutely. You know, What's what, the point? Uh, <laughs> How do you know what you like? Are, are we even living if we're not categorising everything religiously? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to categorise things now that you've got computers. I will say that. There you go. It's a golden that's age. A, that's a, there you go. That's my take on modern life. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to so do a festivity score a now, festivity aren't we? Festivity score. How yeah. festive did this make you feel? Mince pie wise. Um, so, you know, obviously mince pie wise. If, I've, if I'm given this five mince pies... I'm base. I've woken up. I'm in the North Pole, right? And I'm being served a Christmas dinner by Santa Claus. That's that's how festive that. Is. If it's a one, if it's a one, right? Um, Waking up I've, in a cellar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tied up in a being cellar. served your own foot. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> by a maniac dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just happens to be at Christmas. <laughs> so, um, I I think I so. I'm going to go first with this one. I don't okay. think Miracle on 34th Street is massively festive, I have to say. I don't think it is, really. I mean, notwithstanding that it was released in June um, no. in 1947, um, and all of the trailers for the film omitted a key fact that it was about Kris Kringle and Christmas. So, you know, I think that tells you a little bit about how you can read the film. So I'm going to give it three mince pies. It, I mean, it is a Christmas film, so therefore... There is a level of festivity in it, but you know, it it's not, you know, it doesn't it doesn't ring Christmas to me. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Despite the fact it you know has a Santa Claus figure at the the very soul of the movie, it's not actually that Christmassy. There's um, no, it it's, isn't. No, it's, and they have a parade and they have they have toys and everything like that. But no, it's it's too too misplaced for me i didn't get a festive oh. vibe from it it's it's not it's not the movie you sit down on christmas eve and watch thinking let's you know let's get in the christmas spirit now many do though do they 
Well, it's a Christmas film, isn't it? Yeah, they watch the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but with that, we will uh, we will bid you adieu as the carolers uh, come round with their wassling bowl to, uh, to sing in uh, the, the Yuletide. Wassling oh, that's rubbish. Isn't it? That was very good. <laughs> yeah, but like that was supposed to be improvised. But all I could think of was the word wassling, which is what you already said. You'll always be a wassail to me. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I've been caught wassailing many a times. Yeah. Anyway, our, 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 our listeners have got better things to do on this Christmas time than listen to us, so we'll let them go. As I say, we're running these are going to be quick fire um, takes on Christmas movies. So uh, join us tomorrow, uh, and until that time, whether it's a weekend or not, we wish you a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening, all. I want to, I want to say hey nonny nonny, but that's not remotely Christmas. Hey nonny nonny. Hey nonny. Not <laughs> at all. Is it? It's hard to think of Christmas things now, isn't it? Hey, <laughs> hey nonny nonny. <laughs> Just do it. Not bad, is it?